Yo, what's going on? This is Kirk here with another episode of uh, the Pal Down Podcast, episode four. And I'm lucky here to have tonight uh, a longtime contributor. Uh, I shouldn't say long time, but uh, he, he's basically everywhere here at the hockey, Heavy Hockey Network. I'm uh, happy to have uh, Dash in the Park as a, as a contributing guest here tonight. Dash, what's going on, bud? Resident mouthpiece. I think that's what you were trying to say. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Resident mouthpiece. Yeah, Podcast good, buddy. It's uh, it's exciting to be on here. You know, I'm going to have to start by giving you a hard time. And <laughs> name your podcast and get the naming rights to the podcast. And uh, don't get invited on till episode four. So I'm not going to say my feelings are hurt, but <laughs> maybe my feelings are hurt. Pleasure well, to be here, know, my friend. The scheduling conflicts. You know how it is. You're a busy uh, guy. Yeah. It's- I had to, I had to bribe you literally to get on here. So what do you like the engine NHL? You just hit like a randomizer button and whatever you get, you get. And that's right. It's like tank is only play the flames three times and maybe you get dash <laughs> on the fourth episode. Whatever. That's right. That's right. Happy to be here, buddy. Right on, man. Right on. Um, it's been a while. Uh, I, I didn't record another podcast before here. So it's, uh, it's been, Heck, nearly three months since I've done one of these here, so at least on here. So um, as if you're living under a rock or whatever, the NHL season has kicked off already. Um, I was going to do, I was going to do uh, goalie tandem rankings here, but in the next podcast, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do that. I don't even think I'm going to rank it because the parity there is just so razor thin, unless if you're like Arizona, Montreal, you know, bottom feeders, whatever. Even the bottom feeders have damn good goaltending as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Jake you don't Allen. You to talk to NHL professional scouts to really get it truly sorted out, man. And just Yeah, the, exactly. the middle class goalie in the NHL is, is very similar. Yeah. Yeah, the elites and then the than the working class, I guess you could say. Um, but tonight I wanted to talk about homegrown goaltending, specifically with the Oilers. Um, it's been forever that we've had a, a goaltender through the rankings come up and actually play decent games, or a handful of games, I should say. And that happened last year with Stuart Skinner. He came up in relief when Mike Smith was injured. Um, went 6-6. Six and six. And uh, I think he had a 914 save percentage, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think his goals against were about 260, which is damn good for uh, for his first lengthy stint in the NHL. Um, I think he even had one shutout there against uh, San Jose, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyways. Did, yeah, yeah, he did get a shutout. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm with that one. Well, there's only I, had two shutouts last year, I think. Maybe only three. Two or three. I think Koski got one, didn't he? I think so too. Yeah. I mean, there's a game he stole against Anaheim or something like that. I remember, but at right. any rate, yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time since the goalie's been able to do something like this, right? I mean, like arguably Dubnik had his time and really flourished with other organizations, right? After Nashville and Arizona got their respective hands on him. Um, so really like a, an, a homegrown goalie drafted and successfully played in an Oilers uniform really goes back to Grant Fear and Andy Moog, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Cause 
after uh, after Fear left there in '91, or he got traded in '91. Oh heck, we had like so many. Well, uh, Valakek got drafted with us. Who else? Delorier. Delorier. Yeah, Conklin was a college signing, wasn't he? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you had, oh, well, I guess UC Markkinen was drafted. So, I think he was. Anyways, I have to look that up right now. Shit. Because <laughs> it's. Uh, he did play in the in the old six finals, and everybody remembers that. I mean, there was certainly enough goalies that were drafted and never never made it and got uh, to the ice for the Oilers. We could probably run through those, but yeah, as far as guys that actually, you know, hit the ice and and played a few games, and you know, maybe Delorier is one of those guys. I know, like we trade, did we not? We drafted Tyler Buns. Yep, played one game yeah. against the Kings. Olivier Waugh. Never played a game. Um, Who else there? Uh, yeah, UC Marketing. Shane, Shane Sterrett was a college signing, and he never he never got past Bakersfield. Mike Morris um, and Dylan Wells. Dylan Wells, yeah. I think he's so, in the ECHL right now, so with yeah. Carolina, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you know. That's uh, it's a lot of a lot of swing and misses for the Edmonton yeah. Oilers organization, and you know, I mean, that argument is there. Is it a <laughs> is it a trend? Is it uh, you know, were they just that unlucky that long? Were they are goalies that voodoo that they're just that hard to predict? Or was our scouting think, stuff, you know poor for so long that we just yeah finding the right targets. I was going to say it's kind of it's kind of half and half. You kind of you kind of have to get lucky, and you have to have good scouting in place there too. And I think the last well, ever since uh, Peter Shirelli, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Peter Shirelli, there I think that was the only good thing that he did with for the club was he drafted well or decently, I should say. You know, he started that know. trend, yeah, and. Uh, we nailed them all. I just looked at the list. The only one we missed was Andrew Werner, who we drafted in the second round of 91 and went to go play in Germany and Austria. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, and the last, uh, the last swing and a miss, unfortunately, went back to Russia here in uh, Ilya yeah. Konovalov. And I actually, I, I seen. I liked Konovalov. I liked him too, man. Like I watched, I watched some of his KHL games there when he was playing with Torpedo and just or not Torpedo with uh, Locomotive there. And I, I thought he was a poor man's Gary's Price. You know, he could have, he could have. If different he just body stuck type, with it, I guess. Different body type. Konovalov was what five eleven or six yep. foot somewhere in that just range. Not, maybe uh, not even six foot. So, five not many goalies in the NHL have uh, been successful. In the last 20 years, under six feet, you know, there's only so many UC Soroses and guys like that. that can, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'd it's say not, those might be the only two. Maybe there's one more in the last 10, 20 years, right? There was the trend where they all went monster for a little while. and There's no more Freddie Brathwaite's and, and Pokey Reddicks, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. But, uh with Stuart Skinner being uh, being uh, the first goalie for us in a long, long time, 
to uh, to have made it. I decided, you know, and we've conversed here quite uh, quite thoroughly here in the last little bit about homegrown goalies going through the ranks of every team out there. And uh, last year, the Colorado got their goaltender via trade in Darcy Kemper. He was the mm-hmm. first goalie since 2007, I guess you could say, with Jaguar. Mm-hmm. J.S. Shiger. So it's 14, 15 years. 15 years? Yeah, 15 years. Because you can go through the list and it's pretty significant there. Like, <laughs> oh, every, t- like every dynasty or almost dynasty we've had since. Jeez, man. Maybe the Oilers. Really? Like, you've had homegrown goalies. There's, uh, there's either, you know, and by homegrown, not necessarily drafted, but developed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's the key word. You know, there's guys that were drafted by a team and then traded and then brought in in the AHL and eventually made that club in the NHL and, you know, developed by that team. But yeah, man, as we did our research there and went back through the list and, you know, Kemper was one thing last year and it was a bit of an anomaly because it was... You know, what did you like you'd said 13, 14 years since it had happened since Shagir? Shagir and Hobby Boulin did it in 05. Hassock and Waugh did it 02 and 01. Balfour in 99. Waugh 96. Barrasso 91. Ranford 90. And that's like nine, 10 goalies in the last 45 years. <laughs> that's crazy. It really <laughs> is, man. How many times do you think, oh, we'll just get a goalie at the deadline or we'll go and trade and try and solidify our goaltending? <laughs> Ten times in 45 years, bro. Less than once a decade. Less I remember. Than a decade a goalie gets brought in by a club and then they win a cup. Well, you, you take a look at last year there too. Um, Minnesota tried striking out or strike, hitting, hitting gold there with, with uh, Flurry. That didn't go too well. And if you, uh, if memory serves me correct, Ryan Miller was St. Louis. Uh, even Brodeur was St. Louis. Um, oh, heck, I can't even remember for that. But swings oh, and misses. These, like you, you're talking about guys that were brought in to solidify a team and then. Yeah, the deadline type of not, deal. Not get to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, that kind of much. thing. Yeah, just uh, trade deadline acquisitions and swings and misses, I guess you could call it. San Jose brought in Niemi for a good chunk of those years after he was in Chicago. and Yes, sir. That didn't work out for them. Um, geez, I mean, the Flyers made it to the cup final in, in 10. They probably had 13 goalies play on their team that year, knowing them. <laughs> And Michael right, Aiton like, was the last man standing. Cover, <laughs> who? Pardon me. Excuse yeah, you. Like, exactly who? <laughs> they had a revolving long, door in Philly. Is there a franchise that's harder on their goaltenders? Oh, you know man. I mean? Brutal. But, uh, you know, maybe the Senators in 07 or. Yeah. There's been their, there's been their share of goalies that get picked up and you know that's just a Stanley Cup final how many of them carried a team to a conference final and then lost or what have you so yeah, yeah it's just like you said man right at the, right at the top Skinner gets that chance to to be that for the Edmonton Oilers and 
the kid is he's followed a trajectory his entire time right like there's these uh, there's naysayers but there always is um i got a good personal friend who used to watch him uh, he still has season ticket he just sent me a picture of bedard the other day but still has season ticket holders to the pats in regina and <clears throat> watched him play in lethbridge for for years and and my dad had season tickets uh for the rockets for decades in Kelowna and watched his fair share of memorial cups and memorial cup goalies go through there and you know he knew a he knew an NHL goalie when he saw him, right? Like here he is watching the Rockets for 20 years and Hall of Fame defensemen going through there, like Duncan Keith and all these guys that were just absolutely studs in Kelowna. They had a defense factory for a while, but yet, you know, you look back at their goalies and it was, I don't even know what his first name was, Kelly Guard or somebody like that, right? Like they just always seemed to have somebody just good enough. And so he had a good eye for that, I think. And he used to tell me, ah, Skinner's just good enough. Like he's just good enough. You know, he's such a big kid and he just blocks a lot of net. And then my friend in, in Regina would say, you know, he just can't move laterally. He just, you know, once you get him moving back and forth there, he's doomed. And, you know, and there's something to it. Right. And, and not that Lethbridge had the greatest teams in those years. Like I understand he played from, was it like 2013 to 18? They like six years or five. Or no, you can't play six years, five years in the WHL. Yep. Um, because, but you go back and look and right, like to have, you know, save percentages right around 900 always, goals against average that bounced around three, four. It wasn't until he was really traded to the Swift Current Broncos in, in, you know, for the 2018 run that he really kind of really looked elite in the WHL or looked like a goalie that, Oh, wow. This is somebody that really could potentially, you know, get drafted high, high in the, in the entry draft here. So I think when he became available in 2017, he was, I remember those, those drafts fairly well. And I remember him kind of shooting up the board that year. Um, and then he comes out of that season with a nine fourteen and, and, uh, I don't know, sub three goals against average, maybe it was two and a half or something like that. But, you know, and obviously that Swift current team was good and, and had a better defense in front of them. I'm pretty sure they were Memorial cup contenders that year. And, and there they went. So, you know, off to the HL where I'm not sure he was fantastic, to be honest, you know, he played a couple in Bakersfield. He was down in the E, you know, even in the East coast league, he's a 900 goalie two full seasons sub 900 88 89 percent it wasn't really until he i don't know what do you say like hit 2019 20 years old where he really started to kind of turn but then you know by the time he got a little bit of a taste of bakersfield as a starting goalie in 2021 started to look better started to look more comfortable and all of a sudden in 19th or in the year 2021 he puts up the best stats of his career and he kind of hasn't looked back so what happened there i was going to jump in here and say uh it was that uh that loan and his 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 debut uh against ottawa there in uh the 2021 series or uh season there and just he was shaky as hell i remember it he and And then five goals yeah, seven five they won, but he was shaky as hell. And uh, basically, Schwartz just gave him his homework. He said, "Hey, you got to work on this, this, and this." Basically, everything. It was the whole smorgasbord. 
And then after that edge work, lateral movements, you know, and he's got a pension for putting on weight. So I think, you know, Skinner's done pretty good at keeping himself limber for his size. Like he's a giant man. He's yeah, six, four listed at six, four, but like, I don't know. He looks bigger than that. It's yeah. Yeah. Bullies who equipments makes him look bigger. Right. Yeah, he kind of looks like Vasilevsky there with his with his chest protector. It's it's quite out there, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, there he he conversed there with Schwartz. Um, basically, just told him, say, hey, you got to work on all this, and uh, you know, put strap on your boots and and you know, carry your lunch pail to work every day and in Bakersfield, and it just clicked for him. And I remember even Low Tide on his show there. One day there, you saying, you know, I'm kind of worried about Skinner. You could just, you could just tell, you know, something just isn't there. He, he has all the tools, but it just isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, you know, it just all of a sudden it clicked for him there, and it just he took off like a jet engine, and uh, basically stolen that away from Starrett, and yeah. uh, was there ever since. And then he went on that one run there. I think it was uh, during the pandemic, that pandemic year. And uh, and they they lucked out. They won their division championship, I guess you could call it. Right. And um, and uh, he was an integral part of of that that run. So yeah. you could you could tell that he was he was moving up. He was getting better. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you. You've got more of a career than I ever did. I can tell you that much. Yeah. I only played a couple of years of minors, so. Um, and you played defense throughout credit. your career. If I'm not mistaken, you played defense. I played a little bit of both, actually. I was a forward when I was younger. Um, in junior, I played forward, but I also played uh, defense on the power play because I didn't have the best hands, but I could boom a shot. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, being a defenseman and whatnot here as of late here when you're playing rec league. Yeah. You know, been, just yeah. last 15 years I played D I was just going to ask you like, you know, what do you converse with your goaltender? You tell him, Hey, you know, like what do you want me to do type of deal? Is there communication back and forth? Like just tell them what do you Absolutely. want? Absolutely. Even at our level, for sure, man, I'm in my mid forties and our other goalies in our mid forties as well that we're playing with right now. And, I was new to this team this year, and honestly, the first thing I did is sat down with them and talked about. Um, I th- you got to know the basics. You'll learn the rest on the fly, right? Like the more you play with a person, you start to learn their tendencies, and then you just get to know. But in order for things to go anywhere close to um, successful in the first time you're playing, you know, top pairing defense minutes on a hockey team of any kind I make me make fun of whoever you want for playing rec league but you still follow through with the sport and you still play and ultimately we talk about uh do you want to do you want me to clear lanes for the first shot or do you want me to get in the lane do you want me to try and block shots and and push out do you want me to keep guys um Beside the crease, you know, if you want me to push a guy to one side or the other, which side do you prefer? Um, you know, after the shot, do you prefer to cover the puck? Do you like to do you like to dish off? Um, big one is obviously puck retrievals, right? Like, what's your stick handling like? Do you want me to come all the way back to retrieve? Do you want to just stop it behind the net? Do you want me to go and get it behind the net? 
do you want me to stop at the hash marks and give me a pass? Like, you know, all those things are options. And after you play a few games, you get to figure that out. But there has to be a communication because without the communication, you don't know. And if you don't know, then you can't trust your goalie. And if your goalie can't trust the defenseman, (laughs) what happens conversely is, you know, one or the other will cheat. And what that means is if I don't trust that my goalie is going to make the save, I'm going to be more aggressive trying to stop a cross ice pass because I know if that thing goes back door, it's in. Whereas if I know my goalie can go side to side, well, I can back off and try to plug a lane and stop the pass instead of taking the man. Or you can start to, you know, and then conversely, if your goalie is hugging the post and he doesn't trust the defenseman on the back is going to cover the guy on the back door, he might just move two seconds early and give up that near post. And that's all a guy needs, right? Is that a bit of space to, to capitalize on a mistake. So, um, yeah, good question. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's crucially important at every level of hockey for defensemen and goalies to be talking. And then you figure out those trends and work from there. Right on, man. Yeah. I, I, I played three years and I quit when I was 13. So like, and that was way back I think it was 1990 when I quit. So I, um, I remember it was pretty much free, free flowing, you know, like for minor hockey there and whatnot, but still there, there had to be communication between everybody. Like yeah, everybody had to be on the same page as far as I can remember. It's, but I, I just, from what I remember there, you, you have to, you have to be on the ball because if you're not on the ball, you're, you're out to lunch and then, before you know it, you know, everybody's hating your guts. You know, you're pretty much a pylon sure. sitting there. But anyways, oh, yeah. um, the Oilers had their first, uh, their first game here last night. And I wanted to ask you what your take was on Jack Campbell. I know he had happy feet there right in the beginning, but uh, mm-hmm. what's your take there? What do you think of Campbell there? Uh, and do, do you think he has the chops to, to go far with this club? It's early to, t- to answer the back half of that question. Um, you know, the, the prior question, what do I think of him? How did he do last night? You know, it was interesting. Um, he certainly did have happy feet. I didn't think he looked great in the entire, maybe almost first period. That said, which Oiler did. Um, it wasn't a good start for Nurse. Um, you know, I think the Kulak-Berry pairing was good, but there was just there's chaos in the game, right? Even to the point where nurse takes that penalty in the last seconds of the first period. Why are you by, why are you down behind the goal line anyways, nurse? Like to me, it was, it was, he was there to prove a point and send a message, right? Like I made a joke on Twitter today that in other news, Darnell nurse pays $5,000 for, you know, (laughs) getting his team to wake the F up. Because really, yeah. it wasn't until that point that they went, oh, okay, let's go, right? They killed off Doc's penalty at the start of the second period. And, you know, I just kind of got better and better and better. The pace of the game really picked up, I'd say, about halfway point. About halfway point, you could really start to see the back and forth. So I don't blame Campbell on that first goal anyways. Um, but he should have had JT Miller shot over his shoulder, I think. That was... Uh, a really good shot and it's hard to take anyone away from JT Miller, especially in a contract year. But that said, I think that was almost the slap in the face that soup needed because from that point on, I thought he really settled in. 
And I think as a result of him settling in, the team settled in around him. Um, you know, I, I, I said to my wife at one point in time in the game, like, what's going on here? Why isn't, why isn't the goalie yelling at the defenseman and berating them? Right? <laughs> like, what would Smith have said to Dylan Holloway oh, after geez. that first goal? God, maybe nothing. He, maybe something. <laughs> be six million ways to die from him. So, <laughs> you know, he's gonna McGlare, right? So, yeah. um, I think all that helps. So, I, I thought it was a good start. You know, we're one out of 82, 81, yeah. one down, 81 to go. Um, but good for him, really. Like, uh, you, you were on the prediction show on Oilers Live with me this past Tuesday, and you heard me say that Stuart Skinner in my, you know, stretch Oilers, my Oilers stretch prediction that Stuart Skinner plays more games than than Campbell this year. And it might be a, it might be an injury that causes that. Maybe not. Right. Like if Woody's going to give him six games and four games in the first 10 and Skinner's playing better, I wouldn't doubt after the 20 game mark, if it's 10 games each. Right. And then at that point in time, win the net. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think they can push each other, which is good for both of them. Um, but if Campbell replicates anything that he did last year before the all-star break and then before he got, you know, he struggled with an injury and then got COVID after he healed from his injury. And what did he have? A plus 950 save percentage at the all-star, like 953 or something. It was insane. Yeah. It was in the stratosphere. Yep. Absolutely. Another (laughs) stratosphere, you know, like Toronto's got a similar team to Edmonton. Um, but what I liked about, uh, the Campbell signing in particular was that, uh, I don't remember who said it. I want to say with somebody, a genius like Bruce McCurdy that broke down some of the, uh, save percentages. Um, it was Woodley. You know what? It was Woodley that broke down all the save percentages, uh, based on when they were seeing shots and how often and kind of almost created a stat and who knows, maybe he got it from Valakat or something. Right. And I don't know whether Woodley was tracking it or, or Valakat just tells Woodley everything he needs to know, but Ultimately, um, it was a stat that had stated Campbell was had one of the highest save percentages in the entire NHL after not seeing a shot for five minutes. So what's important about that, I thought, was, okay, well, Toronto doesn't even dump and chase. Like, they're so freaking tied up in puck possession, and right? And, and when you can do that and you have the skill like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and Willie Nylander wheeling around the ice with Morgan Riley, like you can have possession in the other end for minutes sometimes, right? Or you get a couple power plays back to back and, you know, there you go. I'm sure soup might have not. Well, fast forward. What is the Edmonton Oilers biggest problem? It's our consistency, man. Like we can't get good starts. And then, you know, all of last year, biggest roller coaster season we've ever seen. Can't get a good start. Maybe we play the second period. Then we come back in the third and we wouldn't get a shot for nine minutes. And then the other team wouldn't get a shot for seven minutes. Maybe that suits the Oilers incredibly well. You know, if Soup's got one of those, you know, abilities to stay focused when he's cold or whatever that is, then that's, that's kind of perfect for this team. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, and that's what I said on the show there the other night, just as long as they stay consistent, but the both of them, like even Stewart, like he, 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 he came in last year and I, I had high hopes for the kid, you know, and everybody was screaming for him in February when everything was just going mm-hmm. to get. Yeah. So 
<laughs> but uh, you know what? Yeah, I, I I trust him. I actually, I trust both of them to tell you the truth. After seeing what Campbell, you know, in his interviews and whatnot, he's just the guy's focused. Like he just he wants to win, just like anybody else. And I, I think you said he's like the Ned Flanders in the NHL. He, 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 I don't even think he'd hurt a fly out on the ice. You know, just just so oh, mild matter. Biggest hit for the Oilers in Game One. I was just going to get to that there. Yeah, he just charged <laughs> there. That it hit that kid there. He, that kid was no. He was no French fry there or small fry there either. Like he <laughs> he he walked them there, and yeah. and that the crowd just. You could see everybody just jump right up and got into it. Eh? Sure. There might have been an element of the Canuck not wanting to skate through Campbell to draw a pen- or to get a penalty or something, but it looked yeah. awesome. Yeah, made, for did, good, made for a good made for a good gift, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So um in final here, we're gonna close out. I I, I know everybody's gonna probably roll their eyes about predictions and whatnot, but in the Pacific specifically I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, you take a look at all the teams. You take a look at Calgary, what they have. <laughs> I mean, I know you would love to beat that Calgary drum because. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> Jeez. I make but, one prediction uh, and now I got to stand by it, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I was going to say, you know, Calgary and Edmonton are pretty much set. You take a look at the rest of the division. And what do you think? Who's gonna Who's gonna fill in the 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 other the other spots come come April? Who do you figure? Because it's all a disarray with Vegas. They're um, they're they're cap strapped to hell. Worse than us. Mm-hmm. Worse than oh, the yeah. Oilers. And worse than the league. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Give away patch already, man. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I was gonna ask you, like, like who who do you think? Do you think it's going to be LA again? Do you think Quick has one more kick at the can there into the playoffs, or, or do you think it's even Anaheim? Do you think Gibson finally wakes up and stays injury free for the season? What's your take? What's your take on on the rest of the teams? I don't think it's going to be the Ducks. Uh, geez, they had a good game one, and Gibson's been on a decline for a couple of years now. I like I don't. Gibson's not the Gibson of old, in my opinion. You know, you look up the way the Pacific Division lines up, and I don't see it ending any differently than it did last year. Um, I think that seeing the Flames, oh, God, it pains me to say this, and I hate that you guys keep making me do this, <laughs> but I just, like, I see the Flames at the top of the division again. I, I like, Sutter's had... Another year with that team, he he's they added a top ten to fifteen defenseman in the entire NHL to an already good top four. Like they've got the best top six, I think, potentially in the NHL and definitely in the Western Conference. And they've got one of the steadiest goalies in the NHL, arguably a top five goalie in the NHL. He was third in the NHL in goals against average last year, third in the NHL in in save percentage and first in the NHL in shutouts. And you've got Sutter and you've got Uyghur added to an already strong decor. I think that those contracts are going to hurt the flames in the future, but they're not going to hurt them this year. Right? Like, 
I know Huberto is only whatever, eight or 10 months older than Goudreau, but you know, that team got older. They got more mature as a result of getting older. And just because they got older, nobody's past their prime. That isn't named Milan Lucic. <laughs> but ultimately Lucic might help them in certain ways too. So I don't know. I just I, I think that the Flames will have better off-ice habits. They'll have better on-ice habits. They'll have better dedication to team. Um, they'll have a better buy-in. And as a result, they, they should be as good of a team or better. The Oilers proved again last night in their first game of the year that they can't start. They can't start, man. What was it, yep. 65 games last year that they had poor starts? And here we go. They've got a defense core that's modeled around three or four guys that are under the age of 25, right? I'm not saying that the Oilers don't have the skill to get to the playoffs. I'm not saying they don't have the skill to win the whole damn thing. I predicted they would on Tuesday in our preview show. I think the Oilers have the top end talent to absolutely roast the flames, but they're good, man. And so I think, you know, they're there for sure. The Oilers are right behind them and the Kings still come in third. I think quick's got enough. Fiala adds a big boost to that top top nine. Um, he'll be a top six. They've got two of the best two-way centers in the NHL. Uh, Doughty will be healthier. Arvidsson will be back. Uh, I think, you know, McClellan's a good coach. He's good enough to get you to the first round. And <laughs> that's what he did in San Jose and Edmonton. And, yeah. you know, that's all he's got to do to for me to answer your question. Um, I know you want the Canucks in there and I know Demko deserves to have the respect to be able to carry a team into the playoffs. I just, maybe it's my Oilers homerism. I, I just can't do it with the Canucks, although I just picked the flames to win the division. So I think I'm being pretty fair with myself. Um, and I, I think my biggest part of it is that for one of the other teams in the Pacific to make it, they got to push somebody out in the central. And I'm just not sure that the Predators or the Stars are ready to go away. What about Winnipeg with, with Hellebuck there too, you know? And maybe they make a push, right? So like that's, yeah. you know, the, that's the Canucks fighting with the Stars, the Predators, and the Blues for a spot. And like what did the Canucks have last year? Uh, 92 points and they're going to fight against like the Jets at 89. Yeah. Right. Predators at 97. The Stars at 98. So can the Canucks do a 10 point jump? Maybe. But I certainly don't see the Ducks making a 30 point jump or a 26 no. point jump. So I, I, I think it's the same teams we saw last year. I really do. I think it's going to be the same eight in the West. You, you don't think that Vegas. You know, with a fresh new coach there, and and I know Robin Leonard's out for the year, East Coast, and and Bressois there, he proved even last year like he's just a he's a backup in and that. Carry set. load, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, and good I, for him. Nothing no, against Bressois, I love him all. Oh yeah, yeah. You no, know, uh, and uh, I got but... yeah, I got to add in there with the kid there, with Logan Thompson from Calgary, like he 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 came in there last year, like right at the end, and and. Mm -hmm. basically stole the job from Brassois. So yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think he's a, a guy to keep your eye on for sure. And they've got Eichel now there too. You know, their, their, their forward group is unbelievable. And I think their defense is pretty strong, but the huge question is in, in Vegas is in goal. Definitely. That's, that's the big one. Yeah. 
Um, it's a big injury-prone team overall, right? You want to look at Eichel. You want to look at uh, Stone. You want to look at anybody. Like, has has Marcia so been healthy? Has Riley been healthy over time? Has their defense been healthy? Their goaltending certainly hasn't. So, yeah. Right yeah, now, nice. you know, like, is it, it feels like a crapshoot that they could keep that team together healthy. So, and I, I think, think it that's, all hinges on Eichel. And I think sure that's karma. Karma yeah, for for doing flurry dirty there in the end, you know, like he, wow. he wanted to stay. So why didn't you give him the the option to stay rather than kick him out yeah. the door? You know, with the knife in his back, there uh, provided yeah, from yeah, his yeah. agent there and whatnot. So absolutely. Um, and and just in Mr. in Walsh. final there, I I don't want to. I'm not banging the 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 Canucks drum there. I'm not a fan of the Canucks. But I am a fan of Debco. I, I wish he was on our team. To tell you the truth, you know that I like him too. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see here, man. Like, like I said to you there earlier this afternoon on the phone, there, like the parody in this league, it, it's unbelievably wafer thin. Like you, yeah. you sneeze and you're out ten points, and your 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 season's done pretty much. So, yeah. no doubt about uh, it, man. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for coming up the for the for the name for my podcast. Now I was that day I was trying to brew up a, a name here for this for this little little show with her. <laughs> I had a humongous brain fart, so I had to reach out and ask you. So kudos. I gave you about fifty options, so at least you <laughs> took one of them. <laughs> the check is we in had the a mail. Few good ones in there until we realized that there was other people in the world that also start podcasts, but yeah. so a few of them it's were taken. Yeah. yeah. This one suits it. I like it. And, uh, you know, man, I love chatting hockey with you. There's, uh, you're probably my favorite guy to podcast with on, on heavy hockey because you're such a confidence boost for me. Even when I've got Dursa and Hubert giving me dirty looks all the time, I can still make <laughs> So I appreciate it. Well, you, you got to give a shout out to Dursa there too, because he, he knows no, what know. buttons to push. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> you give all the shout outs to Dursa you want. <laughs> And I got to give the shout out to, to World Hockey Report there, Cody Jansen, all the boys there. Um, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I'm super stoked for the future, man. There's going to be more good things coming down the pipe. Um, so, uh, and when are you and uh, Durs, speaking of which, what are you guys firing up straight off the pipe again? We've tossed a deer around about two or three straight weeks, and I don't know. Uh life just keeps happening and something will, you know, he had a bump and I had a bump and we didn't quite get there, but, uh, we're, we'll probably come together on some large issue that happens here in the next few weeks and completely disagree and want to fight like cats and dogs about it. So I'm sure that'll be, that'll be the spawn. That's how season one started when we started screaming at each other about Duncan Keith and <laughs> 54 episodes later, we were still Alan Peg Bundy. Um, it's a good time with that guy. He, he, uh, he doesn't fight back very much, so it's, he's a good guy to battle with. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I, next few weeks we'll, we'll fire it up. I'm having a good time at heavy hockey. I love doing this with you. I, uh, got an episode of 99 forever coming up with Eric Friesen. Uh, Josh and I are working on something new. I know we, uh, we gave you guys a peek of the pilot episode there the other night and, little bit of a little bit of a quick hitter that we got coming out so um yeah there's lots of good things coming like you said the growth and world hockey report coming on uh humbled to have cj on board and 
you know, uh, as we continue to grow and legitimize this hockey network, man, it's, uh, it's been fun to, to grow. And, you know, you, you and I are, no matter how long this goes, we're two of the OGs. <laughs> I still feel like I'm a rookie some days there, you know, compared to you guys, even with Lotsey and, and Spencer Pomodi and, and, and Friesen. Friesen actually was the first guy that got me through the door here. And I think it was like 2019 or 20 there. It was right before the pandemic. He's like, Hey man, you want to come on to my podcast? I was like, sure, I guess, you know, I've never done it before. I, and, yeah. And, and then, then you guys there too. Like when, when he bear, you know, extended the invitation there last January, he's like, Hey, you want to come right? And I was like, okay. And I've done a few podcasts, but I, I, I was nervous as hell, you know, talking to you guys cause you guys are well established and whatnot. So so yeah, man, no, it's been a blast. Uh, it's definitely been a blast here in the last nine months for sure. Anyways, I'm going to let everybody go. Uh, be sure to check out heavy hockey net on Twitter and, uh, you can, uh, dash you, your socials at dash in the park on Twitter dash in the park on Facebook. And, uh, that's about all I'm rolling with. I have an Instagram account, but I keep forgetting to go and look at it. So <laughs> everything we're doing at heavy hockey is primarily, uh, on Twitter, but I would, uh, push people to our YouTube page and subscribe to heavy hockey on our YouTube page. Um, it sucks asking. We really hate it, but it means a lot. Getting those subscribers up literally means that we can do more with what we want to do. And, and, you know, the more subscribers you get, the more options YouTube opens up for you. So it's important. And uh, anything you need to remember at the end of this, it's heavyhockey.com because you can find everything there. All the articles, all the podcasts and everything is there. And buddy, love doing this with you. I really do. Likewise, man. Until next time, it's the Power Down Podcast with Kirk Morris. Have a good one. And episode five will be here before you know it. Take care, everybody. Good night.